You're listening to the 1208 Podcast from 1208 Greenwood Free Methodist Church in downtown Jackson, Michigan. We are going uh, through a series on Luke right now. And we're in one of those strange, obscure passages that you've probably heard before in the Sermon on the Mount about light, but it never really registers for you because it makes absolutely no sense to us. <laughs> so I'm going to try to kind of prepare the way for us to kind of understand that a little better. Uh, have you ever been watching TV or read a book or something and you come across something called the evil eye? Hands up. Anybody? Anybody? Okay, so some of you are still aware of it. You come across it in modern media. I like that Benny knows what I'm talking about. Thanks, Benny. Uh, be it in a show or a book or a story or something like that. Um, the evil eye was something that was quite popular and understanding up until about the 1500s. So it was only about 500 years ago that this kind of dropped off the radar and made itself into legend. Otherwise, it was something that people were, were quite used to talking about. Uh, the evil eye was kind of like a curse of sorts. In the same way that throughout the Bible, people can speak blessings or curses, so they thought your eyes could release curses. Like, we're, we're all like X-Men. We've got these superpowers within us that if I gaze at someone the right way, I could cast a spell on them using nothing more than just my eyeballs. And that's because they thought that... Uh, um, the light or the darkness within you would more or less exude itself out of your eyes. That your eyes were more or less like a, a lamp. So if you were to turn on your eyeballs, it would project something, just like your mouth projects something. Your ears might receive something, but your mouth and your eyes project something. And I know that sounds weird to us, but at the same time, even if we would say like, well, that sounds like just some kooky supernatural stuff, you still experience it psychologically, right? Think back to the pandemic. Everybody put on masks. Didn't you still know what they felt, felt about you just by looking at their eyeballs? <laughs> Didn't you still kind of have like an entire feeling as to how somebody was interacting with you or processing the things that you were saying just by looking at their eyes? I think most of us would say yes. In fact, if you took away someone's eyeballs, you would have a harder time reading their expression because the eyes give you a lot of feeling about like how somebody's really processing something, whether it's skepticism or anger or annoyance or fear or that they're not paying attention at all. The eyes give you a real glimpse of, of kind of what's going on inside. In fact, if you think through your own life, just take a moment, think back. Can you remember a time where someone gave you a glance and that has stuck with you? You might have a memory come to mind right away. That's a weird thing to become like a core memory. That if I just said, can you remember a time someone glanced at you and it really stuck with you? <laughs> Some of you might be able to say yes. Um, so with that being said, um, throughout, throughout history, people saw these glances, they felt these feelings, and they felt the way that people 
looked around, and they turned that into a concept known as the evil eye. You have lighter darkness in you. You exude it at your, out your eyeballs at other people. The Bible makes about 24 references throughout Old and New Testament to this uh, topic. So here's where we find it in Luke today. No one, after lighting a lamp, puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand, so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. Remember hearing that from Jesus? This is connected to this very idea. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. All right, I'm going to read it to you one more time. Now that you're putting these concepts together. No one after lighting a lamp puts it in a cellar or under a basket, but on a stand so that those who enter may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when it is bad, your body is full of darkness. Therefore, be careful, lest the light in you be darkness. If then your whole body is full of light, having no part dark, it will be wholly bright as when a lamp with its rays gives you light. Now, I'm not here today to tell you that you have to believe that this is an actual way in which your eyes work. I know all of us scientifically know our eyes aren't shooting off beams or particles as people in ancient times thought. But at the same time, I think we've all kind of had the experience where the eyes can really lay something into you. Maybe somebody gets really angry at you and you have naturally just used the expression, you got evil eyes right now. That's that kind of feeling. Uh, so much so in ancient times that uh, there was one Jewish teacher that said, out of 100 people, 99 die of the evil eye. <laughs> So they, they really were used to feeling this impression back then. But so much so that Jesus actually kind of preached in this direction because he understood that the stuff inside of us makes its way out. The stuff inside of us makes its way out. So if we have anger and hatred and bitterness inside of us, it will make its way out of us and people will feel the darkness around us. If we are full of things like lust and all these other kinds of things, it will make its way out of us and people will feel the darkness around us. We can only hold so much of this down. The kinds of things that we feed ourselves with kind of become a center inside of us beaming out to other people and people can sense it. Sometimes I can't always put a finger on what's going on, but... Sometimes you can just sense, like, this is something that I need to be careful about. Because your body is always trying to kind of scan people in the room. Within microseconds, just based on looking at a person, your mind makes judgments about if a person is safe or not. I, that's weird to me, but that's how often your brain is going. Within microseconds, just meeting a person, seeing a person walking down the street, you are trying to figure out what... Is this person safe? Are they not? Which is all the more reason that we need to practice Jesus' ways 
of loving our neighbors because our judgment side of us wants to take over so quick. It's all the more reason that when we see or sense maybe darkness when we're coming around people that we need to say, okay, there might be darkness here, but we are light. And how do we shine into this moment rather than judge this moment? How do we, how do we shine that they might experience that light that is Christ? Because Jesus calls you, and this, this was always weird to me, because I'm used to singing the worship songs about you are the light of the world. But Jesus also calls you the light of the world. That Jesus might be like the mega light of the world, but you as a Christian are, are not even necessarily mirroring him. The Bible tells you to rise and shine. You too are to possess and exude light for others to see it and sense it and say there's something different about these Christians. And when we get up and we exude darkness and we exude the same kind of teachings that the world does, when the Sermon on the Mount becomes something that is off-putting to us, then we exude the same kind of things that the rest of the world sees and they confuse darkness for light. They need to see Jesus as he actually is. We need to rise and shine, showing the world the love of Christ. And this whole thing, even if it might feel um, uh, symbolic throughout the scriptures, it kind of becomes metaphysics down the road. It becomes a reality of the resurrection. Because as the Bible shows us where we're headed, it, it tells us that, you know, as, as we follow Jesus, we will one day die, but we will be resurrected. And the new bodies we will be putting on is a spiritual, physical hybrid of something. And those bodies shine. All throughout Revelation, they're talking about the bright, shiny clothes they're putting on, just like Jesus had at the resurrection, that, that these Christians are going to shine, that we will live in the kingdom of heaven with God who is shining so bright that we no longer even have night anymore. You are the light of the world. So arise and shine. And that sometimes feels difficult for us because we often choose intentional communities to live in where there's already darkness and we want to glow there, but it feels like we're being snuffed out, right? When you, when you hear the stories of missionaries who go into especially dark areas where it feels like all darkness around them is coming for them, trying to snuff out these lights, it, it then feels difficult to shine or it makes us feel like we're not shining at all because we keep finding the end of ourselves in those moments. But when people see the light, when they've been living in darkness for so long, that jars them. It tends to keep people awake. I think that's why the Bible talks about the work that Christians do as seeds, seeds of heaven. When someone's been living in darkness for so long and they see light, even if just for a brief moment, it shifts things. They now have to reallocate their understanding of the world, of spirituality. They now have to look at themselves and say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Is that the way I'm actually supposed to live? Is that, is that what I'm called to? Is that what being a human is, is really like? And Christians have the chance to show people that, yes, you were built for light. 
that's a choice that we have to make because the darkness is strong and the darkness is always chiseling at Christians saying there's other ways that you could, you could shine. Maybe take on something that's a little dimmer, still light, maybe. And sometimes we, we take those paths and we try to find a middle ground. But it's the Christians who have shined all throughout history that we often refer to as saints today, the ones that didn't give up, the ones that, that said, no, I'm going to choose the Jesus route every time that it comes and, and faces me. And we look at those people and we say, that's what we want to be like. And so they get canonized as, as these saints where we say they're the ones that constantly chose light. They're the ones that said, I'm not even going to go for the dim part. I'm just, I'm all in for Jesus. If you want to bring light to our area of Jackson, that's, that's what we're called to. Not to be halfway in for Jesus, not to, not to receive Jesus in salvation, but not his teaching. But to be like a city on a hill, raised up high, where everybody can see it, the light is shining, and people have no choice but to recognize that it's there. It's like when you're driving down a dark highway and you see an orange glow off in the distance. You can't ignore it. You know it's nighttime. It's not a star shining out of the ground. That's a city somewhere. That's what Christians are called to be like, raising attention to themselves through their good works. So as you continue to press into what God is calling you to and the light in which he is asking you to show, ask him uh, some fun questions just around your own eyes. Uh, is there anything going on with my own eyes that exudes something weird to other people? Uh, I have noticed, for example, um, that I, I've had professors throughout time or teachers throughout time that think that I'm disconnected from what they're teaching and that I don't care about them because my face is just in RBF mode the whole time. I don't know if I can use that term here, but my face is just like, mm, what are we doing? Why are we here? You know? And I realized my eyes are actually kind of giving a negative example to my teachers that I'm not really paying attention or I'm not really present. And that caused me to be like, I... I actually need to pay attention to my facial expressions when I'm in a room with another person or I can exude something that I don't mean to exude. Likewise, when I've done deliverance ministry, I often know if a demon showed up because it, the eyes just change. It's really hard to explain, but the expression goes dark, the brows are knit, but there's also just this glaze, almost like a grayness to it where you're like, this is not the person that I'm talking to. This is something else. And that I've actually seen, too, as demons have been cast out, the eyes just, like, I can't tell you what's different. They're just brighter. They're just more present, less glazed. But there's no thing I could point to where you can actually see, even within the spiritual, that the eyes exude much there. So that being said, we're kind of going with the short form message today. I'm sure you don't mind getting out early unless you're sticking around for our next hour. But let's take a minute here as we pray to ask God a little bit about our, our eyes as we, we wrap up. So, Jesus, we, we come before you right now.
recognizing that uh, the things inside of us make their ways out of us. We may not necessarily quite bite at the idea that our eyes are shooting spiritual beams around, but then at the same time, whatever it was that uh, people for uh, all the way up till the 1500s felt within the eyes, we felt it too. We can think of the times where we gave a particular look and it stuck with someone. I think of someone I know whose parent just uh, did something really horrible right in front of them just to put the fear in them. And I can imagine that glare, that stare, those eyes in that moment probably felt like a curse, probably pierced their soul. Don't get out of line or these eyes are coming for you. God, there may be things that we make decisions about today because we just remember the way that somebody looked at us before. There may be many people in this room that have experienced uh, eyes in a very curse-like fashion through some kind of sexualization. That their very being, their very body feels tainted by the way that somebody looked at them. God, we want to... We want to bring our eyes and our lives and our memories in line with you. So whatever those thoughts are, whatever those memories are, where somebody made them feel lesser than, where the evil inside of someone else felt like it just shot out at them, would you come now and repair those memories with how it should have been? Would you show us how you would look at us? God, I think of someone I was doing ministry with, uh, leading them through inner healing. They, they, would, they would look at me and they just didn't know how to explain it other than I had Jesus' eyes in those moments. There's a certain kindness exuding out of my eyes. That's what we want to be like. We want people to look at us and say, I don't, I don't know how to define that, but that's, that's Jesus' eyes. So regardless if, if today's passage doesn't really feel like science, doesn't feel like real life, we recognize that with the 24 times the Bible gets into it, we can sense it too. We can feel that, be it symbolically or metaphysically or whatever it is. Let us make apologies to those that we've we've judged. Let us make apologies to those that we've made feel lesser than. Let us have the ability to discern light and darkness when we see it and to shine light even brighter when we come in contact with darkness. For the light of the world has come. The darkness has not overtaken it. Satan is not a black hole. He is not absorbing your light into him. Light always puts out darkness. 
And even if we are killed, they injure themselves trying to stop out the fire. They do not forget light. So God, whoever it is in our lives that needs to see that light, put them on our hearts, convict us, grow us, and let their eyes be open to see who you are to say, I want to be like that. In Jesus' name, amen.